opened. We've seen so many schools and churches being opened in India and China. And it's amazing to think that out of little old New Zealand, we can have that much influence with what we, what we bring and just faithfully give. You know, a, a, a percentage of our giving, so your regular giving, goes to missions worldwide. So what you do here makes a difference globally. And so excited. There's some awesome things coming up. I can't share anything yet, but really excited about uh, sharing some news in the coming weeks uh, about uh, maybe something that's coming up. So uh, no more details yet. But anyway, we're going to get into our second part of our series, The Time Is Now. We've been uh, studying the book of Haggai, one of the minor prophets in the Old Testament. And so uh, we are in part two. And uh, if you're joining with us for the first time, I'll give you a little bit of a lead into my message, uh, just to kind of give some context to where I'm bringing um, this message this morning. Uh, last week, we talked about the fact that King Solomon built this incredible temple, just an amazing temple. He did everything with excellence. It was so amazing. People would come from far and wide just to see the temple. When Solomon died, unfortunately, the people, they, they lost their way. They, they started following after the idols. They started living life for themselves. And God allowed through a series of events uh, them to go, go into captivity. And they, they basically were, were pulling away from God. And God says, I want my people back. And so he allowed things to happen. 587, King Nebuchadnezzar, he, he, he basically ransacked the, the Judah, uh, destroyed the temple, brought them into captivity. 50 years, so five decades, they were in captivity under this ruler this ruler that would build the statue and say, bow down and worship me. So their religion, their faith, their their, their relationship with God was under threat. And for 50 years, they couldn't do anything about it. Then permission was given for them to go rebuild the temple. Finally, after 50 years, there was some hope. So they went and they started to build the temple. They got as far as a foundation in the altar, and then they got some opposition. How many people know when you start something, there's an enemy that wants to stop you from going through with it. And so the enemy came and, and basically just basically said, we don't want you to build this anymore. And so they said, I'm going to stop. We're going to stop. This is too hard. And so they started to build their own homes. And then and Haggai came and he brought this word from God. Don't live in your paneled homes. Don't build your own homes when, you, when you're not building the home, the house of God. And so this encouragement was brought, come on, get back to work, choose the hard right over the easy wrong. Get back to work and get involved again in building the temple of God. And so we pick it up now in that, uh, in this, the, towards the end of uh, Haggai uh, chapter 1, verse 13 to 15. It says, then Haggai, the Lord's messenger, gave this message of the Lord to the people. I am with you, declares the Lord. So the Lord stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel. Governor of Judah, in the spirit of Joshua, son of Josedach, the high priest, in the spirit of the whole remnant of the people, they came and began to work on the house of the Lord Almighty, their God, on the 24th day of the sixth month. Would you pray with me this morning? Father, we thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you that when we open your word, we read you, we experience you, we encounter you. Thank you for this story of Haggai. And the people of Israel, as they got back to work on the things that you wanted them to. And Lord, we may find ourselves in the same situation. Lord, for whatever reason, we'll stop doing the things you asked us to do. God, today, would you stir our hearts again? Would we move back into the things that you've asked us to do? May we lift our eyes and see the vision again. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. 
So Haggai brings this message saying, I'm, I'm with you. God says, I am with you. That's good news right there. One of the names for God is Emmanuel, God with us. We studied that leading into the end of last year. God is with us. He doesn't just come in, 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 a, in the form of a promise. He comes in his presence. His presence is with us here today. God is with us. And he gives this promise to the people. Haggai gives this promise. He says, God is with you. That should fill us with so much courage and strength and confidence because God is with us even when things aren't going so well. Verse 14, God stirs up the spirit of the governor, the high priest, and all the people. Notice he kind of starts it at the top. He stirs the leader. He stirs the next leader. And then he stirs the people. And there's this stirring that's going on. When you give your life to Christ, the Bible tells us God's spirit comes and dwells within us. And when that happens, something stirs on the inside. There's moments when you're just going about your day or you're here in worship and God stirs something. Holy Spirit moves something in, in our hearts and we get this feeling, we get the sense of faith, the sense of hope, the sense of expectation. It's like, I can do this. I've got what it takes because the God's Spirit is with us. So the hearts of the people are stirred up. Verse 14, they came and began to work on the house of the Lord Almighty, their God, on the 20, 24th day of the sixth month. So they're finally building again after 14 years. They get up and they build again. They go back to the temple. They go, go get some more wood, go get some more bricks. They, they begin to build again. But in less than a month, they put their tools down and quit again. Anyone? Anyone? You've been there? Have you been there in that place where, you know, yes, yes, I've got this renewed vision. Yes, I'm going again. And I'm stopping again. I'm stopping again. It's so true and it's so real in our lives, those moments where, we, you know, it's like we're going again, but then we stop. We get discouraged again. Let's read what Haggai, so Haggai comes back to deliver another message. On the 21st day of the seventh month, remember it's the 24th day of the sixth month, do the maths, it's less than a month, well, you know, they haven't really got that far. The word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai, speak to Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, governor of Judah, to Joshua, son of Josedach, the high priest, and to the remnant of the people. Ask them, who of you is left who saw this house in its former glory? How does it look to you now? Does it not seem to you like nothing? So they're less than 30 days and restarting their restart. And they're discouraged. They're disappointed. They're looking at the temple and they're going, this is nothing like the old temple. This is nothing like it used to be. It's kind of like me looking at the, the team of Liverpool in the 80s. Nothing like the glory of the 80s when we were winning all the championships and all the leagues. Will that glory ever return? That's where faith comes in. That's where belief comes in. In vain. And so the people gather. You know, they, they, they have their festival. They come and they, they worship and they celebrate. And they gather around the temple. It's like, yeah, let's have a party. Let's look at our amazing temple. This is pathetic. It's like their response is, this is not what we thought it would be. 
And so they got discouraged. I bet no one in this place has ever been discouraged before. Felt like uh, it's not quite going as you thought. You know, everything's gone perfect for all of you, for all of your lives so far. Ne- never hit a snag in the road, never, never, you know, never hit some issues. Uh, of course not. There's moments in our life where disappointment hits us in the face. What do we do? What do we do when we get disappointed? How does this happen in our lives? I, I mean, we've been there before, right? I, I, I'm 40 years old now. I know it's hard to believe. It'll work in my favor in years to come, apparently. I've played football all of my life. Um, three years before we moved uh, up, yeah, th- three years ago, uh, I'm playing my last game of Twilight Soccer, my, uh, sorry, indoor soccer. And uh, Amy says, is it a good idea, Mike, to go and play uh, football? Uh, you know, we're moving in a week. Got boxes to pack, a house to pack down. You know, you might get injured. Now, here's a life lesson for young men. If you are about to be married or you're newly married, there is a reason God personified wisdom in the Bible as a she, as a woman. Because he seems to have given the greater measure to the woman. I said, babe, I'm not going to get injured. I proceeded to rupture my Achilles tendon. I didn't tell her that night. She was staying at her mum's and I was packing the house. I didn't even tell her. Jaden actually drove me to the hospital and we got put the cast on, took me back home. I didn't even tell her that night. I rung her up in the morning sheepishly. Hey, babe, mm, what a rupture by Achilles tendon. And so, so you know, anyway, I came up here as your pirate pig leg pastor, you know, with my little uh, moon boot on and... And so I got, started the rehab, got out running, and, uh, and I thought, I'll give the soccer thing a go. I, you know, I thought my career was over, but I'll, I'll give it another shot. So uh, I played my first season, just, just kind of the lower grade. I thought, no, I'm not going to be able to handle the higher grade. Probably that, that, that dream is well gone. And so I started playing again, and I played through the season, and, and it was fun hanging out with some mates and uh, playing some football, but I just couldn't get my touch back. I was fat. I was, uh, I was so unhappy with my game. I just couldn't get the fitness right. And I just wanted to quit. It was like, I just, I just don't want to go anymore. Anyone been there before? You know, in your business? You know, you feel like you move forward and then, and then you're going backwards. And it's just not working the way you hoped it would. And we get discouraged. We get discouraged. Maybe you said you were going to get out of debt. Hello, Christmas. It seems to come up every same time every year. And kids want presents and, you know, there's this kind of expectation that you place on yourself and all of a sudden this goal of getting out of debt, you're on the back foot again. What about your relationship? You, you've really been sowing into your relationship and then it just kind of unravels again in front of you. You know, the, the old stuff in us that when we surrendered our lives to Christ, we thought it was all gone those thoughts, those attitudes, those bad words. And some of you driving here to church today yelling at the kids. That's pretty normal. Get in the car. We're going to worship Jesus. Oh, there's a bit of a response there. Come on, we better have an altar call right at the end of this one. (laughs) And here you are thinking you've surrendered all of those words to Jesus, but out it comes. And you go, I'm the worst person in the world. How can I call myself a disciple of Christ 
when I just said that? And we find ourselves discouraged. We hit this, this block. This is what happened to the people of God. We're going to do this great thing. We're going to rebuild the temple, but then we hit the snag again. So God has a Haggai asked him this question. And to me, it's actually a loving question. I feel like God's saying, come on, I want to get to the heart of this. I want you to understand why you're being discouraged. Haggai verse 3, chapter 2 verse 3, Haggai asks them on behalf of God, who of you is left, who of you is left that saw the house in its former glory? In other words, who's old enough to remember Solomon's temple? I want to talk about two areas of discouragement we face in life. When, when, when discouragement hits, it, it often comes in these two forms. Number one, comparison. We compare. You know, they were comparing their start with somebody else's finish. So often we can look at where somebody has got to, and then we think we're not good enough because we haven't got there yet. Or even worse, we try and compare ourselves to somebody's finish that we're not supposed to finish. We look at somebody else's race and we go, I've got to run in their lane where God's saying, no, I want you to run in this lane and it goes in a different direction. Stop trying to run that way when I'm asking you to run this way. But we do, we compare ourselves to everybody. Yeah. We look at somebody's job. We go, I wish I had their job and the money they earn. I wish I had their car. I've got an amazing car. I, I, I wish I had their house. Because I hate my job. I, my car barely runs and I'm living in the wrong neighborhood renting. And we compare ourselves to other people. Then as parents, we compare ourselves to somebody else. This person that, you know, they, they, their, their children are dressed immaculately. Every time they go to school, they've got baked goods. I mean, this is, there is no, you know, no processed sugar. I mean, this, these are like perfect meals. You know, and, and then, you know, they like five levels ahead in their reading and their maths. And you're looking at your own kids going, I don't know if they did I even dress them this morning. Did they wear pants? You know, I, I, I forgot their lunchbox and their flunking morning tea. You know, and, and we compare ourselves to every other person. What do we feel? We feel discouraged. We feel discouraged because our measure is on somebody else rather than on what God's called us to be. But then there's a second area where we feel ourselves getting discouraged, and it's in the area of a lack of progress. We feel like we aren't making the progress that we thought we would. We're a month into this. The people are saying, we're not doing so well. We're not getting anywhere. And this is how we often feel. And maybe you've felt that before. I'm going on a diet. <laughs> I'm going to get in shape. So you spend three months eating chia seeds quinoa and kale and you put on two kilos what a waste of a few months and you get discouraged or it is that business you go you know what? i'm going to take some steps i'm going to take some risks here and you take a couple of steps forward but it feels like you're walking forward on a on a travelator that's going faster backwards you know and you're walking but you're actually going backwards in your relationship, you're giving and you're giving and you just feel like you're getting nothing back. What do you do? You're facing discouragement in the area of comparison and a seemingly lack of progress. Well, I love the fact that God puts a word in the heart of a man called Haggai and he brings a word of encouragement to the people. 
before we move on to that, sometimes, sometimes uh, we think that pastors probably don't get discouraged. <laughs> We're human. And, and please don't send letters of we like you, Mike. We think you're okay. I love my job. I love this church family. I love what we do. But I'll tell you what, when we got started in this thing called ministry, we were green. We, seriously, we made lots of mistakes, full of ambition and passion, but not so much wisdom. It's like, come on, we're going to charge the hill. Let's go. And no one's coming. I'm on my own. And, and, and you know, I tried to chase after everybody. I wanted to meet with everybody, and I tried to spend time with everybody, and I, I tried to meet all of their needs. Tried try to, try to keep them happy. We changed things in the service because somebody said we should do more of this and we should have less of this. And, and, and here I was trying to just keep it all together. And I couldn't. In fact, Amy and I, I threw Amy and I under the bus of progress in our attempt to try and get things happening. And both of us, emotionally and spiritually, we suffered from it. Because we're trying to compare and we're trying to, trying to get this progress. And we were struggling and we just didn't get there. And it was so hard for us and we felt discouraged. We felt so discouraged. But then we get these words from, from Haggai. Because last week God, God said, come on, get back to work team. This is what I want you to do. I want you to climb the mountain. I want you to go get the timber. I, I want you to, I want you to go build the house again. This is what he says. Be, but now be strong, Zerubbabel, declares the Lord. Be strong, Joshua, son of Josedak, the high priest. Be strong, all you people of the Lord, declares the Lord, and work. For I am with you, declares the Lord Almighty. This is what I covenanted with you when you came out of Egypt, and my spirit remains among you. Do not fear. Again, he talks to the governor first. He goes from the top. And he works his way down saying, come on, come on, this is my encouragement to you. And he says two things. Number one, be strong. Be strong. To achieve anything great in life, there's got to be some strength and some courage. Life doesn't roll over and let you have whatever you like. Let's be honest. If you want to achieve something great, it takes some courage. You want a great marriage, it takes some courage and some strength. You want to have a great business, you've got to make some big decisions around people and the people you employ and the, and the, 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 the projects you pursue. You know, greatness in life comes from requiring some strength. But I am so thankful that my strength doesn't come from my physical ability. How many people are glad that it's not relying on me and what I can do, but a strength that is found on the inside, a strength that is the Holy Spirit working in our lives? In fact, as Amy spoke on Mother's Day, she talked about actually our weaknesses qualify us for God's grace and His strength. And when we present those weaknesses and say, God, I want to do everything you want me to do, and I don't feel like I've got enough, would you put your strength in me? That's a game changer. When I'm weak, he's strong. His grace is made perfect in my weakness. How many people like the fact that God wants to strengthen us? And this is the word he gives through Haggai. Come on, be strong. Be strong. Be strong in the power of the Lord. Secondly, he says, do the work. He says, be strong and do the work. Come on, get back to it again. Lay those bricks again. Build that foundation again. Start on the walls. Take that next step. Work again. 
Notice he didn't say talk the talk. Come on, keep talking up your game. It's good. You're motivating yourself. Keep talking. Keep talking. You're awesome, Mike. You're great. You're amazing. No, he says do the work. Get back to doing the work again. Be strong and do the work. Notice he didn't say compare the results. Look at something else that was happening before. He says be strong and do the work. Go back to what I asked you to do before. What do you do when you're discouraged? Be strong in the Lord and do the work. My spouse isn't changing. Be strong. Do the work. Do what you can. Put down another brick. Put down another brick. Overlay it with another. Do the work. Do the work. The strength of the Lord. It's hard. Like I said, life doesn't roll over and give us what we want. Be strong in the Lord and do the work. Good friend just last week had been walking through a season of discouragement, going through some some things, just just wrestling with some stuff. You know what? One moment, one prayer, one encounter. He hadn't stopped, hadn't stopped working, and then there was this moment of breakthrough. And that's why I love church on a Sunday. That's why I love the moments that happen week in, week out. That's why I love small groups. That's why we are so passionate about that, because when we do that consistently, the moment comes when God says, here it is, boom, right there. There's, a, there's, there's this, this principle in the Bible. It's just like we go steadily, 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 and then suddenly, suddenly at the right moment, God just breaks through for us. But we have to continue with the steadily. We don't stand still. We don't stop. We don't quit. We keep building. Keep building and building and building because the moment will come when God says, yes, here's your breakthrough right now. So I don't know where you're at. I don't know what you're facing. I don't know what struggle you have. You're feeling like you're just going to lean back on your heels again and go, I'm done. I'm done. Don't quit. Don't quit. Come on, lean forward, take another step, lay another stone. Let's believe that God is going to do something great. Galatians 6, 9, it says, Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest. If what? If we do not give up. We don't reap the harvest if we give up. If we quit before the harvest, we don't bring in the harvest. Don't quit. Don't quit. Don't quit. Don't quit. Don't give up on your marriage. Don't give up on your relationship. Don't give up on the promise that God has spoken into your heart. We don't know the timing, but he does. Steadily, steadily. I love this thought. Successful people do consistently what normal people do occasionally. Get up tomorrow. Get up on Monday. When you don't feel like it, do it anyway. When you don't feel like loving somebody, do it anyway. When somebody's not showing you the honor that you, you really should be receiving, honor them anyway. Love them. Serve them. Bless them. Don't be a doormat. That's not what I'm talking about. But build, build, build. I mentioned I wanted to throw away my soccer career. You know, 37, uh, I've done enough. I've achieved some cool things, um, you know. There's some things that I never thought I'd ever be able to do. So I kind of got to the end of the, the season, and we're sitting at prize giving. And I thought, yeah, that, that's my run. I'm happy with that. 
And I was sitting at the table with a, with a couple of friends, a, a young Christian Reynolds, still young, mate. A couple of other guys from the team. And we, we played kind of in the first division. And, and, you know, you get to the end of the season and you go, oh, I don't know, maybe there's something more. And I had a young guy actually say to me, he says, I, I never got to play with you, Mike, and I always wished I had. I'm like, okay, that's cool. A couple of other guys, we started talking. It's like, I don't know. You know, let's give this another shot. Let's go. You know, let's go again. And, and you know, I felt horrible at the end of that season, but put in some preseason, put in some training, put in some, some Ks, did some work, got up and played a Premier League season last season, starting this, you know, with seven games into our season this season. Since I decided I wanted to quit, I've played 24. 26 games and scored 24 goals. Come on, not bad for 40, right? Yeah, it's all right. I could have given that away a long time ago. But some, you know, sometimes we think age is a barrier. It's not. Yeah, you know, I'm not as fast and as, as quick on my feet, but I've still got the brain. still got the ability to, to be where I need to be. And I think sometimes we, we want to quit before we should. And God's saying, don't quit yet. Come on, don't give up on the dream. Don't give up on that promise that God's placed in your heart. Stay true to it. Stay true to it. Because God says something amazing to the people. He says, be strong and do the work. Why? Because I'm with you. And then he says something that is so powerful, and it was like the, the leading into the New Testament. He says, this is what the Lord Almighty says, verse 6 to 9. In a little while, I will once more shake the heavens and the earth, the sea and the dry land. I will shake all nations. That's all nations, all nations, every single nation of the world. And what is desired by all nations will come. What's, what, what's the nation desiring? What is every nation desiring? God's presence, God's salvation. And I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord Almighty. The silver is mine and the gold is mine, declares the Lord Almighty. The glory of this present house will be greater than the glory of the former house, says the Lord Almighty. And in this place, I will grant peace, declares the Lord Almighty. Wow, what a promise. As the team come this morning, as we bring this to a close, this is such an amazing promise from Haggai. Saying, this temple, you thought Solomon's temple was good? What we're building right now is going to be far greater. Now, scholars would say that Solomon's temple was the greatest ever. You know, I mean, no, nothing, even this temple that they tried to rebuild was, no, was not better. So what was Haggai saying? What was he talking about? Was he talking about the physical temple? No, he wasn't. He was talking about the desire of every nation to be right with God. How did that happen? Through a man called Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, who came, he lived a perfect life, became the sacrifice that we couldn't pay on our own. Up until this stage, all the people would come into the temple. They would bring their sacrifice, bring their, their bloodied sacrifice, and lay it on the altar and say, will this get me close to God? Will this get me favor? Will this get me forgiveness? Every time bringing a sacrifice, every time bringing a sacrifice, Jesus came and he said, I am the sacrifice. I'm the one. And he laid down his life and he gave everything. And when he did that, we had the breakthrough. Then, now, tomorrow. Whatever we're facing, whatever's going on in our world, whatever we're struggling with, Jesus brings the breakthrough. 
the name of Jesus, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that he is Lord. There's power in the name of Jesus. But you know the great thing, the temple that they were talking about? The temple wasn't a bricks and mortar. It was a group of people. A group of people that that would live under the name of Jesus. A group of people that would give their lives and surrender their lives and lay like one on top of the other and beside each other and link arms and say, we are the church, the church of Jesus Christ that is strong. Paul says we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. God's Spirit dwells in us. We are the temple. We are the temple that God is going to show His glory through. Every nation is going to see the church rise up in every nation. The glory of God on display for everyone. And here we are today saying, well, I don't know whether my piece is working. I don't know whether my brick is enough. You know what I'm realizing? The longer I go into into my life and as I mature and as I grow, it is so not about me. I know, revelation, right? It's about us. It's about us. When I'm when I'm weak, I go and I talk to someone and say, Can you pray for me? You know, I, I, it's tragic to see when people hit a hit a crisis in their life, they pull away from the very thing they should press into. We pull away from relationship. We pull away from church. We pull away from small groups because we think we, we've got to figure it out on our own. But God's saying, no, 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 we do it together. This is us. The glory of the temple of God is, is His people. We are His people. We are the bricks and mortar. We are the, the, the temple that He's building. We haven't even started to see what God is going to do in this city. I truly believe we can win a city for Jesus. We have great churches. We have great leaders. We have great people who are influences where you find yourself. God is using you. We have principals. We have doctors. We have nurses. We have business people. We've got civil engineers. We've got people out in the workplace that are doing, making a difference. And we are the temple of God and we carry the presence of God. You know, this morning, as I bring this to a close, we always give the opportunity for people to respond with the most important question. What do I do about Jesus? Because if he is a real person, which history very, very clearly demonstrates he is, what do I do with him? You know, C.S. Lewis once said, well, I've come to this conclusion. Jesus was either a lunatic, a liar, or he's Lord. He was either a crazy man. He either lied about everything or if he is who he said he is and what history would say about him, I better bow my knee to my Lord. I ask that question today. Where is Jesus in your life? Have you received that gift of salvation? Have you received his strength and his power to help you through every day? The Bible tells us that sin separates us from God, that there is no hope except through a relationship with Jesus Christ. Jesus died on the cross so that we could have life eternal. And he offers that to you today, my friend. Simply by praying a prayer, by, 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 by receiving his love and his, his forgiveness, the Bible tells us we receive this gift of life. I want to pray a prayer. All of us are going to pray this together. If today you want to bow your knee to Jesus, to say, I want you to be Lord of my life, 
Would you pray this prayer? Pray it out loud. You can pray it in your heart. Ask God to forgive you of your sins. Put your hope and your trust in Jesus. And believe that you would receive that gift of salvation. By faith, you receive that today. So with every head bowed, eye closed. Would you pray this prayer with me? Heavenly Father, thank you for your grace. Thank you that you sent Jesus to die on the cross for me. I receive this gift of salvation. Please forgive me. I turn from my old way of living and I choose to follow you. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, with every head bowed, I close. We want to connect with you. We want to help you on your journey. If you pray this prayer for the first time, maybe you know you're coming back. God's calling you back from being away for some time. With every head bowed, I close. Will you just lift your hand right now and say, that's me. I'm coming back to God. I'm coming to God for the first time. Thank you. That's awesome. So good. You can pop your hand down. That's awesome. Thank you. Anyone else? Anyone else this morning saying yes to Jesus, Lord of your life? Praise God. Come on, why don't we stand together? I don't know about you, but when I'm feeling discouraged, there's nothing better than singing some praise. Nothing better than giving our hearts again to God. So come on, why don't we lift our voices together, give Him some praise. He's building His church. Amen.